must admit myself, I had goals for him to be in regular school and things, but he has so far surpassed any goals I think I had or his parents had. Um, and so, by the way, we all had tears of joy after his first baseball game. And even like last uh, Tuesday night, he had a baseball practice and he had a great line drive. I think he called him out to left field. And anyway, and he was really happy with his performance. So it might be just baseball to some people, but to us, it's the sign of the final piece that uh, Shea is back. Welcome to the Miracle Plant Podcast the show that inspires, promotes, and gives you a daily dose of inspiration from the people who have used cannabis to change their lives in extraordinary ways. Here's your host, Justin Benton. Welcome, everybody, to the Miracle Plant Podcast, where we discuss this miracle with its extraordinary benefits. Today, we're going to be talking with my mom and co-host, Dan. Uh, about just an update on the original Miracle Plant story, which, of course, is my son. And uh, we've had some really new recent developments and uh, just, uh, you know, everything we could possibly ask for as far as how far he's come along. So I know my mom has been published in the uh, American Endocannabinoid Medical Journal and on the case study. And I kind of wanted to have her start off with giving a little background and uh, reference. And then we'll kind of give you the latest updates that uh, that this miracle plant has has helped us with. So over to you, Mom. Uh, thanks. It's always great to be here. It's a tough podcast to follow up last week's AB45 passage in California Hemp Bill. But uh, personally, I care more about my grandson's development than that. Uh, so getting back to the beginning, too, and one thing it's really important that people realize is just like the beginning of his journey. And so, again, to a very bright two-year-old that was reading and writing and just outgoing playing catch with his dad, you know, just all those things you'd want in your first son. And then he had a very sudden regression into really uh, a void uh, where he had no language. Uh, he did not interact with people at all. He was constantly anxious, all the classic signs of, you know, screaming, hand flapping, uh, or being totally not with anybody. And I remember Justin had called me and said, they think Shay, excuse me, we call him Sam. We think Sam has autism. And I said, well, that's crazy. As a psychologist, I just saw him three months ago. He was brilliant, way above in all developmental scores. And, but I flew out here in California to see him, and everything was gone. It was just tragic. And I think a lot of parents can relate to that because regression is actually built into the definition of autism because it happens so often uh, for different reasons. Uh, but it's, it's a grieving process because you had all these hopes and dreams for a child who is now still with you in body, but not in mind and emotion or connection anymore. And I know too, as a dad, Justin was a great baseball player for a lot of, when he was you know, going through school and all those things. And one of his joys and goals for his son then would of course be to be able to play sports with him. And so too, as a mom, we all have expectations and a grandmother. So I think anyone who's worked with their own children with autism and had those regressions, there is a horrible grief, and then there's also this desperate desire to try anything. And I know parents that will, like, fly away to Australia or do anything trying to find something to help their son. And so in the beginning, as parents, it's, again, too, trying to learn the system of support. And so they had started some in-home programming with him, which went on for, like, a year uh, after his diagnosis as being in the severe artistic range of having global developmental delays, which means an IQ basically too low to measure. 
and having no language. And the first year, there really wasn't anything that I could tell that was really accomplished. Uh, and then I moved out here after that. And then we started some more structured programs with him. And he also had what's called behavior interventionists from a local agency that came and worked with him. But I worked with him personally uh, about four hours a day. And then pretty soon it turned into the two of us, B.I. and I, working with him um, two hours a day. And then I was often in the home also to work with him during the evening hours in terms of like eating and dressing and basic skills. So he was getting a lot of assistance. He was also getting uh, big changes in diet, no dairy, no meat, uh, very, very little refined sugars, uh, avoidance of all anything environmental toxins or whatever to get him near uh, because he did have high levels of uh, toxic metals and different thing and, and Roundup, by the way, um, in his system. And so th this was a really busy, structured program that we did with him. But after even after two years of this, of just constant working with him and uh, working on his diet and adding in probiotics and all kinds of different cleansing herbs and everything. Uh, we did not, we saw some progress, but again, too, it was more basic things. Like I, I called him the robot guy because he would do like sit here for this 10 minutes and then get this reward and do this schedule uh, and with two adults. He could do those sorts of things. And then one thing it's important to mention too, is that, I'm also data-based, and so there's an instrument that's very good with measuring autism treatment effects. It's called the Autism Treatment <laughs> Evaluation Scale. Uh, anyway, so the ATAC, we call it. So it showed in the beginning that he was, again, too, in a very severe range of autism. This scale goes up to 179, and the higher, the worse, the more symptoms you have. When I first did it with him, I got like a 148. And then when I we did it again before I was getting more structured about collecting data, uh, he was like in the 120s. And then anything over 104 means severely autistic, expecting constant support in school, institutional or some kind of support as an adult. And it's like the 90th percentile you know, of autism. And so that's where we, again, kept doing that, this other intervention I mentioned, this constant teaching and rewards and training. And again, too, it just wasn't enough. And so that's when Justin, uh, talking to some other, seeing some other experts or whatever, too, had come up with the idea of, uh, of CBD because it had helped with other neurological conditions. And we started that in the August when he was four. And it was just amazing how quickly it made a difference. Um, Justin often talks about in October at the pumpkin patch when they were able to give him some CBD and again, too, within about the 10 or 15 minutes it takes to work, he was calm and then enjoyed an activity socially, which had never happened before. Uh, we had several terrifying birthdays where we'd have bouncy houses and pretty cakes and friends over, and he would just run and hide and cry. And, and we have a picture of him sobbing over his birthday cake as we sang happy birthday because it was too overwhelming. And so just all that long history of just all those issues and then to suddenly see those quick improvements um, was just amazing. And so by the time he was in kindergarten, he actually was able to go to regular school. And uh, there was like a transition for a bit where there was some advice to the teacher. or We could answer questions if she needed help. But I know she sent a note in October of his kindergarten year saying she really didn't need any help. He was doing fine. And so now he, uh, he's moved forward now. He's finished second grade. Uh, but anyway, so when I did some follow-up data 
at the end of uh, a year with the CBD. And by that time, his scores had dropped uh, just incredibly substantially. Uh, they were in the average about 20 on the ATEC. And t the 20 is the beginning of the neurotypical range, they call it, or again, to normal kid range. And so across his school and at home and his mom and myself all filled out forms. And he was very consistently about 20 to 21, which is huge from where he started. And then I also followed up a year later, I did a presentation at the Whole Plant Expo for autism. And I redid everything at that point. He was at 10, which is just like virtually nothing was showing up as, as being problematic for him. So just from the data side, you know, you can just see that huge, you know, from 148 to 120 to 48 down to 20 down to 10, uh, this continued growth. And nothing really dramatic really happened until we introduced the CBDA. Um, so again, too, that's, and now, like I say, he's still obviously still like in the 10 range or whatever. But I will let Justin talk about his latest successes that uh, Justin's been involved in and very excited about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, we were talking earlier on about baseball and, um, you know, you, I, I, I played all the sports growing up and I'm an avid sports fan. As we speak, I'm peeking in on the Nebraska, Oklahoma scores. And <laughs> uh, so, you know, certainly um, sports has taught me a lot. Um, it's, it's, um, it, it teaches about competitiveness and it teaches about teamwork and, um, you know, doing things that are good for you. And uh, I certainly um, never wanted to live vicariously through my kids like some parents you see these days. But I wanted to introduce the, the sports that I love, like football and basketball and baseball. And um, we were doing that um, before um, Shay had his regressive uh, diagnosis. And so the, the great, incredible news was we had a just a local YMCA and, and um, we we're getting him signed up in some camps. And one of them was a baseball camp. And we, uh, you know, it's uh, you never know how developed they're going to be or how much coaching or whatever it is. But by the end of the camp, the one of the instructors said, are you sure he's never played before? Because he's like an incredible um, talent and has got a, amazing skills. And so with that comment, um, we started looking around to see if there was any leagues that were around for this fall. And I found one and got... Uh, was able to get him signed up at the last second and and I signed up to be an assistant coach and and so I I kind of had to give him a crash course in baseball because he never had really played it before and never had really watched much of it before and so learning all of the nuances of running to first and getting a lead and throwing to second base and doing all that stuff um it's a it's a pretty big undertaking so Last Sunday was his first baseball game, and, um, you know, we didn't really know what to expect. I mean, I had we had, you know, taken to some practices, we had some good coaches, but we didn't really know uh, how it would go. <laughs> and so, you know, lo and behold, and I was, you know, I was there being an assistant coach, so I could um, help, you know, usher things and, you know, in, in – 15 nine to ten year old boys is is a challenge in and of itself helping with them but yeah Shay went up there and he uh got his 
got his bat and and went up there and he and he you know hit a couple uh, pitches and one of them was fouled off or whatever and and if you if you get three strikes in this league uh, the catchers never seem to to uh, hold on to the ball but they would like drop a ball and uh, you know you could run to first and he knew all the nuances those little things and he would listen as we'd say go run to first and all those kinds of things. You know, you've seen the videos where the kid runs to third base because they don't even know which way to go. And uh, anyway, she just did great. And then we had him in the outfield and, um, you know, we really worked on hitting the cutoff man and hitting second base. And there was a ball that was hit to him and, you know, he fielded it correctly and he actually threw it to first base because everyone was yelling first base. And the first baseman had just got swapped out. So he just wasn't quite with it. And so had a the regular first baseman would have been there. He would have caught it. And so Shea would have thrown someone out uh, on the first baseline um, from right field. So, you know, just being able to see that and have the full circle where, you know, you're seeing your, like, and right now he's shooting hoops. We have a little indoor hoop thing that you kind of do with a carnival or whatever. And he's he's just got 52 points score. And he's like, I think I'm going to get 80. (laughs) And so, you know, we, we just, uh, he's, he just, he's, he counts up all of his rounds and he's just hit over 9,000 points that he shot in, inside the house. And, and so I, I said something because he's been watching that Space Jam too. And LeBron James is on there. And I said, uh, I said, you want to, you want to beat LeBron James or do you want to have as many points as he did? And he goes, how many points did LeBron James get? And I, you know, we just asked Siri or whatever. And it was like 37,000 points. So, now he's got his goals to to outshoot LeBron James. So, you know, and, and that's why we wanted to come on here and, and, and just give our story. That's how the Miracle Plant got started. It's how our organization got started. It's a story of, of hope, of, of real hope, um, because there's there, there were some dark days for us. And there's a lot of there's been a lot of dark days out there for a lot of families. Uh, you know, if we're just even just talking about autism and that there is hope. Um, when I was doing the research and with my mom, there just wasn't a lot of hope. There was, there was just kind of like, get it to a manageable level and then just deal with it. And again, what we saw with this plant, um, how it helped children with epilepsy and seizures, that was really a giveaway. Like, okay, that's, that's, that sounds like something that can really, um, you know, do something here for this situation. And, and uh, yeah, that's why we wanted to have this um, episode is to let you know that, you know, he's doing great. He's playing sports. He's excelling at school, um, you know, and he's 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 healthy and happy. And that's that that's what anybody would ever want for their for their child. And so, yeah, just great news. Super excited that, to, you know, give some hope out there to some other families that that maybe are, you know, that need to hear a story of hope and with, you know, proper nutrition and diet and, and lots and lots of, of, uh, raw hemp. Um, you know, uh, hopefully we can hear some more stories as we get to hear all the time, um, about how this, this miracle plant is helping so many families out there. So let me jump in as usual. So a lot of times, if you have someone with autism, you can like through, don't just sitting one-to-one you can do, academic success and so you see the kids who are doing okay academically but still aren't socially there or uh, language and social language and things haven't developed 
And so those are some other fine tunings that I've seen with, with him. Um, like just the other night, I was stopped by and he was watching a movie. And he goes, well, this movie starts out bad and then it ends good. So you probably will like it. But he said, this other one is going to start out bad and end bad. So I don't think you're going to like that one. And literally for a kid who's just starting third grade, that's just very insightful even to be thinking about knowing me and what I like and don't like and then understanding the whole plot or the whole storyline in movies. I mean, those are very abstract concepts. And especially the whole idea of him understanding emotionally like what I like and don't like. And so it might seem simple unless you've had a child on the severe autism range who does not even begin to pick up what other people are thinking um, or feeling or what their uh, emotions are. Um, and he's doing all sorts of other exciting things. Uh, the baseball, by the way, is another huge goal because, again, too, with like the ABA training and things, you can get kids to like complete their work and you know get through academics, but not complex skills like baseball. And so it's just so important to show that he's a well-rounded child. He's not just somebody we've trained to, you know, still has all kinds of issues that we've just trained to do well at school. And so there's all kinds of simple things like Grandparents' Day. And when I went, he was just with a group of his classmates. And he started playing up some things. And pretty soon the other kids joined him, which is another good sign in the classroom that he's perceived as a leader or somebody doing something interesting. And um, he takes ninja classes, like that Ninja Warrior show you see on TV, and, and loves it. And so, again, too, he's, and he, he's learning to play the piano and singing Uh just a huge range of things that you just no one would ever have dreamed of or expected him uh, to be able to do. And then again, too, I'm just so impressed. His mother was telling the story. He has a big remote control truck and they were on vacation and he saw some men playing with their remote control trucks, which is funny to me. And he joined in, you know, for like an hour. And so those are the kind of things that you can't capture on any kind of an instrument. But to me, those are the things that show that you really have moved beyond the, you know, autism in terms of all the different social and emotional language and interaction skills that the kids don't have, that just that huge wide range of things that he's doing. He reads for pleasure now, and he likes to read every day, which is another huge uh, benefit that you just don't find. So again, and the final thing I can't ever emphasize enough is just his abstract thinking, because that is kind of the hard thing that's hard to bring back. And he just constantly, like, asking me these in-depth questions about things and that he's really thought through. And then a final thing is just his empathy. He is just so attached to his two younger sisters and picks up immediately when they're upset or if the baby cries, it's like, mom, come and get her, that he's just so tuned into that. So truly in every measure that we have, just as parents in general or any kind of testing we do, he literally has reached the point where I don't think the word autism has anything to do with him anymore. And we don't even think about it anymore. So I know I agree with Justin. I think the baseball really was like a clinching thing. I know at one point, I can't remember at what point it was. Oh, you started coaching him for a little bit in base, uh, basketball when he was in kindergarten. But it kind of just summed up to me, like you saying, like, I've got my boy back. And so it's more than just, you know, teaching some skills and getting him into school, but actually back to doing the things that you dreamed that he would do as a parent and that you had to go through grief when you realized he wouldn't be able to do much. And now seeing him uh, meeting far beyond any expectation uh, we ever had. And I really like your idea about hope because to me, that's what I think it is. So many parents, like you say, you just think you follow a program and then you support them or find some kind of 
help for them, which there's not much, by the way, after they leave uh, high school. And so I realized there is hope for substantial changes in your child, even as they get older, that there's always hope for improvement. And so I just hope this message gets out because so many parents, like I say, just don't have that hope or don't have any idea that you can make drastic changes. And it does go back to the CBDA that we talk about all the time. It literally does, besides being anti-inflammatory, it literally can repair and regenerate uh, neuro nerves. Like in his brain, his brain really regenerated um, to the point, too, he could even remember things that had happened before the regression. So you knew it was his brain. So if anybody hears this and knows anybody else, anybody with autism, to please let them know that there is hope. And I think that's just the main purpose of what we do every day in our Heal the World. But it's just so exciting. And I must admit myself, I had goals for him and being in regular school and things. But he has so far surpassed any goals I think I had or his parents had. Um, and so, by the way, we all had tears of joy after his first baseball game. And even like last uh, Tuesday night, he had a baseball practice and he had a great line drive. I think you call him out to left field. And anyway, and he was really happy with his performance. So it might be just baseball to some people, but to us, it's the sign of the final piece that uh, Shea is back. Absolutely. Well, and, and that's, you know, why we, we do what we do. And we've been blessed to be a part of many, many other families story. Um, you know, obviously, Kristen, who's been on here a number of times and Latara. Um, and, uh, you know, because we got here, you know, just trying to heal our, our child. And for those that are in that, you know, place, um, you know, the education, the access to the products to really understand how the products work. Um, you know, obviously we send products for free to try and have compassionate discounts for just about anything. And, um, it really is to pay it forward. You know, when I, when I started seeing the stories of so many people with so many other autoimmune diseases and, and things like Parkinson's and Alzheimer's and cancer, um, it, that's when, when I started to see the improvement in people's lives and and it it this was abundantly clear to me that this is something that i could definitely take the pick up the torch and run with and and keep singing from the mountaintops that uh you know what we see and you know how coming on here and doing the podcast and traveling around the country and the world and getting on stages and and uh you know we've come a long ways as an organization um and the as an entire um, consciousness about this plan. Uh, I know Dan has mentioned that before in the past and, you know, just thinking, you know, how far we've come with access to, you know, cannabis and hemp from, you know, in the last five to 10 years when it went from illegal to essential uh, during the, the pandemic was really a big um, eye-opening movement. So just, uh, and uh, yeah, before we wrap up, Dan, did you have anything you wanted to add on? Well, I think that a lot has to do with your family and your family's commitment to this, which you just sometimes downplay. But every time I hear this story, I'm like, I have three children of my own. I mean, I can't even imagine how difficult that must have been to put your life on hold to to do whatever you could to get your son back. Between Janet coming to, <laughs> and working with you, and I mean, that was a gigantic commitment, and it's 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 really admirable that you're 
taking what you learned and sharing it with other people because not everybody has the wherewithal or the ability to do what you did. And now paying it forward is uh, your your life's commitment. And that's, you know, that says a lot about your, not just you, but your entire family because, you know, this is, and, and someday we, you know, there's going to be a day in the future. I'm not sure. It will be quite a ways down the road. We're going to have your son to, as an advocate. He'll be saying, hey, this was me. And now look at me. And that's so cool. So just thanks for everything that you guys have done. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, it's, it's been, it's, it's been a, a journey, but, um, you know, these, they say you, your message comes from your mess and we're, we're very happy that we're able to, um, pay it forward and, and, and play baseball, uh, you know, that old father son, uh, tradition. So yeah. And thanks for all your work helping with us too. And, and thanks for everybody for tuning in. At the end of every one of our episodes, we always say heal the world and send out that energy because people out there are looking for an answer. They're looking for hope. They're looking for a solution. And um, we hope they find this podcast or find our products um, or overhear a story and um, give it another look and, and, and see what happens when you keep the plant raw and, and its whole form and what it can do to help our bodies find homeostasis and and heal itself. So on the count of three, we say heal the world. Let's unmute the mics and, and send everybody off this fine weekend. One, two, three. Heal, heal the, the world. world. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for coming in and tuning in. We'll see you next week. Clubhouse 10 a.m. Pacific on Saturdays. And uh, we can't wait to bring more stories and hear your story of how this miracle plant helped you and your family. Thanks for coming by, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey friends, I'm Brandon And I'm Saba. And we are your host of the Cannabis Hangout Podcast, an educational platform to connect with the cannabis community and share personal stories while breaking the stigma of marijuana. Join us every Sunday at 7 p.m. to gain valuable insight with different perspectives from industry leaders, growers, and medical marijuana patients. This is a place to learn so much from different angles in the cannabis industry. So tune in while, while we, we break, break it all down. down.